Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. And Merry New Year's and Happy New Year. What is the what do you, what does one greet one with uh, on the eve of New Year? I think you just say Happy, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I'm Year's not sure. Eve? Happy New Year's Eve. Okay. Well, happy one of those to you. And, and a happy one to you. Thank you. And happy New Year to our listeners, if you are probably listening to this in 2022. Indeed. If you're listening to this in 2022, I, I sincerely hope that old Lang that old acquaintance have been forgot but never brought to light <laughs> uh, never laid to is? rest i think it is um yeah. did you know that is uh that old lang syne was written by um a scottish poet oh yeah old robbie burns indeed yes. oh don't start should all the queens be forgotten never brought to mind brought to brought mind, to mind. Should all should well, okay. Well, I'll say you that. Do, all right. You could so, do it if well, you want to. <laughs> I think save maybe, it for the uh, end. I'll save it for maybe for myself. <laughs> uh, welcome into the program, listeners. You are listening to uh, Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. Today's star date is Star Date One Four Seven One Two Three One Point Two, and we're talking about Discovery Season Four, Episode Seven. Dot dot dot. But to connect. But to connect, how do you how do you uh, phrase a, a, an ellipsis? ellipsis? Do you go episode seven? But to connect. But to connect. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's what we're talking about today. Uh, before we get into the episode and everything that happened, uh, we'll do our usual uh, preamble. We'll just say that. Uh, well, uh, um, I'll start dancing, and Steve, we will start talking about. Uh, Patreon. Yes, join our Patreon and, and we can do fun things together. In fact, next Sunday, so that would be Sunday the 9th of January, we are having our first watch party of 2022. Watch party! Watch party. And in honour, I guess, of uh, Zora's new sentience, we are going to go back to TNG and discuss and enjoy uh I think it's the which Aki stop dancing for a second. Which uh-huh. <laughs> sorry. Which what did we decide on? We said uh, one of the, the lore episodes or the new. We're going to look Soon. for the lore episode, yeah. the Nunyan Singh episode, one of the later ones when he's antagonizing. Yeah. Not only Data but also the crew of the Enterprise. I think it will be fun. Yeah, to see what happens when AI goes rogue. Rogue, rogue AI. Rogue AI. So please do join rogue. our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash set phasers. Um, you can also get early access to the audio episodes of the podcast. And of course, you can watch these episodes live streamed on the Patreon. Aki continues to make funny faces and dance while I do this. It's great fun. And you get to see his lovely little face. <laughs> now, on with the show. On with the show. Um, well, listen, uh, I, there's so much to say. I, I don't. We should just run it down. There's so much that happens in this episode. Let's let's run it down. All right. 
It's time to run it down. Can you run it down for me? What just happened? Can you run it down for me? Uh, yes. Uh, episode seven of season four. But to connect starts with um, <laughs> it's really a story of, of two different types of uh, connections, either succeeding or failing Two connections in crisis. Uh, mm. And uh, it begins with uh, uh, Stamets and Adira are in the lab and they're still doing the data analysis and they're trying to figure out if they can figure out those coordinates where the DMA came from. That's extra galactic. Uh, based on the the weird particles that they encountered in the last episode, and uh, Stamets is worried because there's an assembly that day, uh, representatives from all four quadrants of the galaxy, Federation and non-Federation, are gathering to discuss what to do about this dark matter anomaly. And uh, Zora has yet to give them the coordinates, but then, uh, just as Stamets is about to lose patience and say they got to do something else. Uh, Zora says, I should have the coordinates in just a couple of minutes. And we flash to Michael and Book. Michael is still trying to win over Grudge, who at least has stopped hissing at her. Uh, <laughs> just reminds me of my grandma's cat. That's what that little tabby cats. used to do. It's all Sit cats. on the stair mm-hmm. and hiss at me. Cats are... It's terrifying. They uh, do not... Uh, they don't like anyone. And they they deal with the people they do like. If they If you could even be called liking. Uh, the people they they won't eat um, immediately. So mm. Michael's uh, apparently making some progress. Grudge is no longer uh, upset, but still is not responding to the cat toy. And they, uh, you know, Book is sort of impatient about getting information, what they're going to do next, and what the Federation's to do once they have the information, and so on and so forth. They burgeoning conflict there. Then they get the message from Stamets that they should come to engineering, that there's an issue. What's the issue? Zora has found the coordinates, but she has decided to keep the information to herself. She believes that giving that information to Discovery, will they will act on that information in a way that would be dangerous uh, towards them and the crew. And so she refuses to give it to them and indeed refuses a direct order from Michael that uh, she should give the coordinates to the captain. So a little bit of a conflict there. Michael then is discussing Dr. Kovic has been brought into the situation I think in real life, not as a hologram, uh, onto the, sh- the ship of Discovery. And basically, is, you know, is learning that Zora has started to experience emotion. Is she a sentient AI, which there are prescriptions against in Starfleet? He will have to make the decision about that. Uh, Michael believes that if given more time with Zora, uh, Zora would give up the information but Kovic says, uh, l- let me be the determiner of that. I can figure this out. Trust in my experience. And uh, and uh, she has to go to the assembly and deal with that. So they go their separate ways. We get to the assembly. We meet a few old friends from season three, uh, including General Ndoya of Earth. Now mm-hmm. General. I forget what uh, her previous. Captain. I believe captain. she was captain. Uh, and we find out that United Earth now includes Titan as well. People will remember from that episode in season three, Titan and Earth were at loggerheads. Uh, but Earth, United Earth is still not part of the Federation. President Relic says to General Ndoya, you know, hey, uh, I'd love to see more of you around here if you got any time down the line. And Ndoya's like, I'll pass that on to our president. Apparently, uh, we find out that Relic's mother's ancestral home was Earth. So she's maybe 
part human, part Cardassian. And she would like the Earth back in the Federation. Her mother never got to see her ancestral home. We also see Book is there, but he doesn't have an official position. So he's in sort of the like a attached persons or concerned citizens gallery approached by none other than uh, uh, dark genius rogue, a sexy scientist, Ruan Tarka, who we may recall from several episodes ago, it has a weird self-destructive. I am the most brilliant person in the galaxy streak. And, uh, Tarka expresses a dislike and distrust of politicians. Book says, you have something planned? And Tarka's like, perhaps, let's see how it goes. They begin the assembly. They uh, uh, Relic uh, addresses everyone, staying neutral, promises that there will soon be an exact location for those responsible for the DMA, even though they're still trying to get that information out of Zora. They will discuss, they will vote, and then they will act. And so we find out what our two factions are. The faction led, I would say, primarily by Earth and the Orions, is that of we should attack. This is a, a the DMA is an act of hostility. We need to show strength to whoever species 10C is, who the that's the name of the species that may be controlling the DMA. And uh Michael standing in for the Federation and also Navarre and a few others uh vote for this idea of like doing a first contact procedure to, to first determine if there's a way to diplomatically, communicatively, you know, find out about this species and the DMA and not lead to all-out war. Michael cautions the people there who say we need to treat this as an aggressive act, not to judge the motives of species tensi based on their own cultural context. Uh, we get to meet Provostakiar from uh, Navarre, a Vulcan. He says there's one logical path, that peaceful approach to first contact and there's a meaningful look that Book and Michael share, realizing that they may be on opposite sides of this debate. Meanwhile, on Discovery, Saru and Dr. Kovich and Stamets and uh, Dr. Culber are having a meeting about Zora. This very funny moment where Paul Stamets comes in, tries to have Zora immediately play music and establish a group hug so that I guess they can speak without Zora hearing them but Kovic believes in transparency so they get everyone on board and we find out that it was Stamets who's really leading the faction that is feeling uncomfortable with Zora's uh, independence her unwillingness to share this information there's no way to to control her and Kovic actually mentions control the the big baddie from season two the evil AI that wanted the sphere data to become super strong in section 31 yada 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 uh, Zora is aware of the prescription against sentience in integrated systems, but doesn't know what that means for her. And Kovic puts down that, listen, he's empowered. If he finds that that Zora is is a danger, is an integrated system, an AI integrated system, he's empowered to remove her consciousness from the ship and put it elsewhere. She would be able to choose her new vessel, body, uh, whatever, what have you, but uh, he would forcibly remove her. Adira and Gray burst into the session because they'd like to speak on Zora's behalf. Uh, they, they, you know, are trying to defend Zora while Paul Stamets is essentially sort of being like, we, we don't know if we can trust her and she's holding us hostage with this information. Zora believes she has a compromise that can work. She feels that the ship is her form. She wouldn't want to be removed from it. And so she creates a fail-safe device that uh, if ever the crew, the crew or the captain, I guess, doesn't trust her, they can hit this button and her consciousness would be immediately expunged from the ship, a.k.a. 
it would kill her. Meanwhile, the meeting is falling into, uh, the assembly is falling into ruin. Uh, the It's contact versus aggressive action. Tarka zips in. He says to Book, you wait for your moment. And then he, he like, uh, beams into the top floor where the president and Michael and everybody are. And he said, I've got an idea that'll solve this problem. You guys don't realize what's going on here. You don't, you, you what y'all don't have is my brilliance. I've created a weapon that is capable of destroying the mechanism inside of the DMA. The device that controls the anomaly. It requires a great deal of power, so he's created this device that would uh, create a cascading uh, subspace burst which would cause the anomaly to collapse. And he proposes using Discovery to jump in, deliver it, and jump out. He says it would take less than five seconds to do. So his plan was to create an isolytic explosion, right? Well, that's what... So Michael says, wait a second, uh, uh, a, 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 a concatenated, a, a, a cascading subspace burst isn't that the result of an isolytic explosion? And he goes, uh, maybe. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> and now looking, you know, doing doing some digging. Yes. Do you recall the last time or another time in Star Trek when there was a, an isolytic explosion or a weapon? Um, I sort of do because I know they mentioned the Kitama Accords, but I honestly can't remember. When's the, is it from the movies? It is. It's from Star Trek Insurrection. Yes. Oh, my God. So it was used by the Sonar. Ugh. And they were banned by the second Kitamura Accords. That's right. Ooh. And for those of you who don't know, we did a watch along of we Star did. Trek Insurrection. It's in yeah. the feed somewhere. And we go in. We go uh, deep. We go deep. deep. Uh, you, so you can watch the movie while we talk about it. If you find that episode, it's pretty, pretty, pretty good. So, yes. Isolytic explosion, not a good idea. Rip subspace apart can cause uh, trouble uh, going to warp. Uh, all kind, you know, with communications, it's sort of why the uh, the burn sort of had the same effect in that it kind of disrupted subspace, so it makes communication difficult, makes travel difficult, and it could really it, it can hinder uh, the cooperative efforts, the the Federation's attempt to rebuild the galaxy. So. Uh, they the, uh, that part aside, which apparently they immediately cast aside. At least Tark is like, listen, we got to do this thing. It's a once in a lifetime thing. Michael believes it could be perceived as an act of war because we don't know anything about species ten C. Tarka points out that billions could die if they do nothing about the DMA. Relic calls for a recess so that people may deliberate privately. And they'll come back together and vote. Meanwhile, back on Disco, Stamets says that this failsafe thing is bonafide. If someone were to hit it, it would it would kill Zora. Uh, the others argue that it is wrong to have a failsafe. That the incentive of or the disincentive of being killed is not uh, in keeping with the Starfleet, uh, uh, you know, moralities. Uh, and Kovac actually points out that this failsafe is counter to Zora's core programming. When, Corey, when queried about her core, not when queried about her qu- queer. Queer? When queried <laughs> about her core programming. Core programming. Core programming about core programming, Zora. Uh, uh, they ask, so what's your primary function? And Zora says, my primary function is to care for the crew of Discovery. And that she set that parameter for herself because it is, mm-hmm. of course, not the primary function of a ship's computer. What is it? It's normally my core is to the ship? Is that normally what it says? Oh, I feel like the core program. I don't know what it is exactly. Although we have encountered this in previous. We uh, have. 
Star Treks, but I think it is something like, yeah, to the da, 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 of the ship and crew or something like that. Follow orders or, you know, it's not to care for. Mm, uh, that is not. an emotional context right there. Um, meanwhile, at the assembly, Michael and Book argue about Tarka's plan, diplomacy versus a weapon. Book is not sure that diplomacy should work. They disagree. Book says he needs to take a walk. Relic comes over and talks to Michael and says she favors diplomacy, but because she brought all these people here, Federation and non-Federation, she has to remain impartial and thinks Michael could give a speech that would convince them if Michael is ready to take upon that political charge. Book on his walk talks to Tarka. He's like, uh, Tarka's like, hey, Book, you could go and convince people. You're you're able to, so these two persuadery the uh, you know uh, 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 the uh, rators, these orators uh, are being put one against the other. Michael versus Book. Uh, Book notices that Tarka has his scar from one of those chain collar controlly things, and uh, Book asks, "Why is Tarka so invested in this?" And Tarka's like, "I can't just be a citizen who's invested in getting the DMA." And and Book's like, "No, I don't buy it. It's a lot of bull hockey." So tell me what the real deal is. Tarka admits, point blank. He needs the device in the DA, DMA to, quote, go home to his, mm. quote, new home, uh, which is far. Apparently, another universe, not the mirror universe, he says. Uh, he says he knew a friend that they were both working in Osiris lab. Osira of the chain. They were both working in Osiris lab. And this this other friend who was a scientist had discovered a parallel universe. Not That was not the mirror universe that had no burn, that had no chain. And he feels that this is his new home. I got the whole, the vibe I got here from Tarka was one of uh, uh, the scary fanaticism. But nonetheless, that's, that's, that may be me and judging from my cultural context. Uh, he and that friend were separated uh, when they escaped from Osiris' uh, chamber laboratory thing. He doesn't know that friend might be there in this other universe. Uh, they might not be, but they promised to meet there uh, if they got separated. And so he needs to destroy the DMA, but keep that power source intact because it has the power to send him across the gap between universes to the place he needs to go to uh, to, to meet his friend and be safe, I guess. Uh, so it's going to come down to Book and Michael talking in the, in the thing, and it's going to come down to Michael having to... In, uh, balance her love of book be- with uh, her love of peace. I don't know. I tried to put that in a poetic way. It didn't really work out. Book goes and addresses the assembly as the Melai Z, speaker for the dead of Quajan. He gives an emotional speech. He admits that communication and diplomacy may have been in the way of the Federation, but these are not normal times. We need to defend ourselves. We need to recognize the risk, but don't wait until the people you love are taken from you before you act. Relic asks if anyone will oppose, and Michael actually freezes up. And then just as she's about, she says, I guess no one else will speak, and we will go into the voting portion. Michael says she will speak up. At this same instant, as far as editing is concerned, uh, Stamets <laughs> et al. are uh, looking into Zora's operating system. And they find a part of the system that doesn't have the syntax of the rest of the system, doesn't match anything else. It is a sector that Zora says appeared spontaneously. Stamets asks for a complete diagnostic. Zora says, sure. Adira goes in and examines, and they see all these images from past seasons. Uh, uh, Disco going to the future with Michael in the lead, the Red Angel, that big fight with control at the end. Uh, first encountering the sphere data, uh, 
And Culber believes what they're looking to is Zora's looking into is Zora's unconsciousness, into her dreams. And Stamets wonders if it's deliberate. Kovic believes Zora is unaware of it, that these are truly subconscious thoughts. AIs, however, I, they may be, uh, are not usually able to dream unless they have been programmed to do so. Uh, Zora posits that, yes, these these images from the past, that those memories and also the sphere data are the what makes her her. They are the sum of her parts, but that she is somehow more than the sum of her parts. And she calls the crew her family. Meanwhile, Michael is addressing the assembly and she says, we have to reach first for understanding. For generations, the Federation has fought to seek out new life, new civilizations, take us all the way back to the TOS uh, voiceover intro. And we can't let fear define us in this moment. We need to decide who we want to be. And Stamets makes a breakthrough with Zora once he realizes this. He says he's willing to trust Zora as long as that trust can go both ways. And the only way they'll be able to move forward is together. And Zora has to trust her family too. And Michael says that, uh, you know, these, this is the moment of, of truth. But Book it comes in at the end of her thing and says that there may be some disagreements across the, the gulf between uh, which uh, there is no ability to move forward after the disagreement is laid down. So we have this, you know, trust has to go both ways. We have to move forward to, together if we're going to move forward. And then Book offering this other, in this other scene, offering this other thought that sometimes the difference is too great for people to move forward, even though they have a difference. Uh, Zora realized that she's, that realizes that she should trust the crew, thanks the commander for reaching toward her and gives up the coordinates and Kovic starts typing the assembly votes first contact wins not in a landslide but uh handily uh book walks away angrily looks back at michael forlorn and uh relic says low power mode I'm back. And Relic says, uh, <laughs> wild, uh, that she wants Disco to take the lead on this first contact thing. So the plan is to try and reach out and do first contact with this uh, species 10C. Meanwhile, Kovic, Stamets, and Saru are in the ready room. Kovic is still working on the evaluation. Uh, Stamets comes in. He wants to know the results. Kovic says, I'll be done in a second. Uh, Stamets speaks to Zora. He says he still is worried about her putting her feelings over their need. Uh, their needs, and that, but that everyone on the ship is part of a chain of command. And Zora says, and would Zora like to be part of that chain of command? And uh, Kovic says, I have my estimation, even though Stamets says he has an idea, a proposal. Kovic says, my estimation is complete. You don't need to tell me what your proposal is. But uh, he says, uh, Zora is officially a new life form, not just an AI, a new, a new form of life. And thus rules against the integrated AI do not apply. Uh, and then Stamets gives his proposal that Zora join Starfleet as a specialist. She would swear an oath to uphold Starfleet's bylaws. COVID says he would give full-throated support to that. Stamets dismantles the failsafe. And Kovic admits that he had already determined that Zora was a new life form. And that if Stamets had continued to have a problem with Zora, he would have suggested that Stamets be reassigned to a different starship. And Stamet says that is as it should be. Gray goes in to talk to Adira. This is sort of wrapping up the whole episode and this half of the season. Uh, Adira knew before Gray even spoke 
that he wanted to go to Trill uh, because they're here at the, I guess, the core of the Federation and the Trill ambassadors there for the assembly. And uh, Gray does ask Adira to go to Trill. Adira says Disco is their home, and so they wouldn't want to leave, but they will take some leave time to help Gray settle in before they come back to Disco and, and help with this DMA thing. Saru approaches President Tarina. I'm raising mm-hmm. my eyebrows meaningfully mm-hmm. as I say so. Uh, with a gift. Apparently, since she made that salt tea that is native to Kaminar, he gives her the the flower, the the uh, the gel of which is used to make the salt tea. Uh, comes from a desert on Kaminar, and so it would thrive in the dry climate of Navarre. Ooh, subdexed. And uh, ooh. Uh, Stamets and Culber say goodbye to Gray and uh, Adira temporarily. Big hug, big group hug, finally. And uh, and then, uh, you know, it's all over. Nothing special happens uh, except uh, Book and Tarka uh, steal the next generation spore drive on Book's ship. Book sends Grudge to Michael, and then they steal off into the stars in order to do their own two-man gambit to do Tarka's plan. And there endeth. Episode 7 of Season 4, Star Trek Discovery. Done, done, done. Yeah, we should it with it. Yes, uh, and that's the end of the episode. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Let's chat about it. Let's, oh, let's do. I say, darling, let's do a quick chat about that. Yes, 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 yes let's do. Indubitably. 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 It's, uh, it's one of my favorites. What the heck? Uh, mm-hmm. It's one of my favorites. You like the indubitably? Indubitably. Indubitably. Let's do. I have so many things I wanted to talk about other than this, but having rewatched it just before we went live now. Mm-hmm. What the heck, man? Book and Tarka together. This a disaster is ensue, will ensue. They. It Ooh, seems like the worst idea. Clearly. Ugh. I was so disappointed in Book. Yeah. I, and I think I'm disappointed in him for Michael. Yeah. Yeah. Because I just thought, oh, you know, she's now met someone who's great and lovely yeah. and all of this mm-hmm. stuff. And yet he's just, for me, went so quickly back into kind of, and I don't, I'm just, I mean, I get it. He's lost his world and stuff. But it's a very sort mm-hmm. of immature mm-hmm. mindset of, I've got to avenge my planet and I'm going to go off and blow up the universe to do it. Like. Yeah. It, I 100% mm-hmm. agree. Yeah. Yeah. A very disappointing look from Book. And you you have to, I mean, I know he's, yes, grief is grief. And I know he's been working on it and maybe it's not completely put together yet. But I mean, to go with a guy like Tarka, who you know is just a megalomaniac. <laughs> in any other movie or in, in any Star Trek movie, he'd be the one. Yeah, who would blow? Yeah, blow up the universe. Supreme or... baddie. Yes, he's he is the 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 bad guy. He's the con. He's the he's like the generations guy. The generations guy. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, what's his tush? Oh, what's his um, tush? Guy with the white hair. Crazy, crazy. Yeah, I can't remember. Crazy cat. Can't remember the actor's name. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, he's that. Yeah, they're always wearing black, and they're a brilliant scientist, and uh, they're they're. They've been wronged or saddened by some trauma in their life, mm. and they've decided to take that out on the entire universe. Bit of a trope. And that is what, yeah, <laughs> subtle trope. I will admit that when Ron Tarka was like, I need to get home, I'm, I paused the episode. <laughs> I wrote down his full name, 
and I tried to see if it was an anagram for Lorca. It's not. So fine. It's not Lorca in a different <laughs> but I, I maintain tinfoil time if you want, but I maintain <laughs> Lorca could come back at any moment and I was like, maybe this is it. I was ready to really crow about how right I was. But it turns out that this it doesn't even have an L in it. It's ridiculous. Anyway, it seems like it's gonna be a disaster and uh yeah. I mean, just the worst decision book could possibly make. Mm. Uh, the all like billions of lives in his hands, but he's he's feels that he's somehow saving them. I just don't know how he, being a thoughtful space druid with so much charisma and sexiness, can't see how attacking this could lead to it being considered a form like an act of war. And then what are they going to do with the species that can make this thing, which may not even have been a weapon? Mm. <sighs> Very frustrating. Do you have any thoughts about the species, species 10C? Species 10C. Well, I wish, I don't have a a total idea of it, but I do feel like probably the DMA is not a weapon. Okay. I do feel like it's either an accident or a misunderstanding or just, you know, just cultures not understanding each other. And so there will have to be some sort of recompense made. Wouldn't that be such an anticlimax, though? Well, but if it what weren't do do with... some sort of unknown enemy, you know, versus just oh, sorry about your bad luck, I didn't mean to do that. Well, I mean, the climax here is 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 interpersonally that the Federation is being torn apart. Uh, by I mean, yeah, they could be big, angry, bad aliens. You know, like this could be Discovery's Borg moment. Uh, but if that's the case. What are they going to use? Isolytic explosions to attack this enemy? You know, destroying space is just very unfederationing. I think there has to be some sort of first contact may lead to something more like Federation Klingon TOS or Federation uh, uh, Romulan Star Empire stuff where it's like but they, don't, they don't get along. But I don't know how they would take on Species 10C if they're so massively... Uh, more technologically advanced it just seems so foolish to me it's the the war posturing in this instance seems so self-destructive not only from book but also from united earth and the orions and everyone who sort of seemed to support like fighting Mm -hmm. (laughs) this anomaly it just seems so goofy yeah you can't you can't you can't box with god man um Okay, so that's that's obviously that is sort of going to be the inciting incident for the second half of the season. This uh, another thing, Zora is now part of the crew. I love that. Zora is a specialist, mm-hmm. Zora, but also it was like sort of a pilot, sort of the computer, you know, whatever Zora's position is. Do you think that they were going to incorporate her? Mm. Give her a body? I thought that. In the beginning of the episode, when Kovic was like, she, yeah, she can choose to go to wherever she wants. And I was like, oh, we're going to get a new actor playing Zora. That'll be cool. Like On the bridge. Now it seems like not. It seems like Zora's really attached to Discovery as her body, but perhaps an avatar, EMH style? Yeah. You know? Why not? I'd be into it. So that we're mm-hmm. not always talking to a, a blue holograph, holog- hologram. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but who knows? Wouldn't it be cool, though? Similar to the Doctor and Voyager, EMH, if he had, you know, if Mm -hmm. Zora were to have one of those little patchy things, she could travel Mm -hmm. off Discovery. Yes. And be able to sort of converse or, I don't know, go, you know, experience things and give her opinion as the ship's computer with all of that sphere Mm -hmm. data. 
yeah, all sphere data, but would be able to experience things firsthand. Yeah. Instead of even, even through the crew, it's secondhand. So, yeah, I think that would be cool. Mm. I would love that. I, I wonder if that's a season four thing or a, dare I hope, season five thing. Um, yes, I think that would be cool. I, I, I wasn't sure if they were going to be like, she's got to be expunged. She's an AI. I like it better that she's a life form, that she's uh, alive. Because uh, I think that, you know. There's there's a in normal Star Treks, what would happen if something was alive like this is that they would do the traveler move or the 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 Kel Kel from um Voyager. It's a Kel. Oh, uh, Kes 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 Kes. It would be like, turns out I'm a I'm a life form that's super evolved, so I'm out of here, and they would just leave, you know, uh, like Wesley does, like Kes does. But I like that they're like your life form, you have unlimited sphere data but you're young and in terms of emotion and feeling and experience and so there's i think there's gonna be a nice i I like it i like this this direction but i would like to see an avatar of some sort yes that would be cool and then uh finally this concept of intention versus action which gets brought up a lot in this episode is uh you know what you mean and what you do and uh how to balance those two things. And I think book is book obviously represents the idea that action is more important than intention. That if this fear killed everyone on Quajon, then that is a deplorable act and must be like responded to in kind, whether or not the intention was that. So I don't know. I'm, I gotta say, I know it seems anticlimactic, but I am wearing a bow tie, and I do hope that this season ends with some sort of diplomatic <laughs> species 10C meets the Federation kind of deal. But it would be cool if species 10C was like, like an evolved, less evil version of the Borg or something. Do you know what I mean? Interesting. Like, instead of being like assimilation, mm-hmm. they're, they've, you know, I don't know. It would be cool if there was like a species we had met before mm-hmm. that somehow was species 10C. That would be a cool tie-in. I wonder. It's the kind of nerdy thing these writers would put together. They like to call back to... I yeah, Every time I'm watching something like this on Discovery, I'm like, what tiny niche episode of a previous franchise are they... Have they found some nugget in that they're building out into a whole season? Yeah. You know? Uh, I, I, it could be one of those, or it could be something brand new. Who knows? But this is, I like this. This is cool. This is, this is headed into a scary, cool, cool and scary direction. It certainly is. Have you anything else you'd like to discuss about the episode? No, I don't think so. I think we covered off book and we covered off this like species 10C. And, mm-hmm. um, I do, I will say actually, I did like Stamets and that whole conversation and his reasoning. And I, oh yeah, I liked. That was great. Yeah, yeah, and then Kovic at the end going, "Well, if you hadn't changed, we would have. I'd, I'd have gotten rid of you. Yeah, I'd have gotten rid of you. Mm. Yeah, Kovic was like, no, I, 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 I liked the Kovic. Uh, you know, he, I've come, I've come all the way around on Kovic. I would say season two, I first was like, I don't know who this creepy glasses guy is, <laughs> and but his vibe is freaking me out. And now I'm like, I like Kovic. He is a little um, brusque." Uh, interpersonal 
uh, etiquette could use a little work, but uh, he does great work and he seems to understand the people he works with, even if he's not great at conveying empathy mm. uh, immediately. I think I could play Kovic at a at Halloween or cosplay. Like. I think you could cosplay Kovic. Oh, my God. It's close, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, you need a slightly different shape of glasses. We need mm-hmm. to get you that tie that we were talking about before we went live. Yep. Fantastic. I love it. <laughs> Stevie is Kovic. Dr. Kovic's glasses. I thought I was going to go as Tasha Yar. No, no. I mean, no, listen, no. there's no reason you can't bring two costumes. We might be That's there for true. a few days. Yeah. It's always good to have a couple. I, I love the Kovic. It's a very, it's low key. It's low key. Well, <laughs> because you have the hair and the glasses already ready to go. So people who don't know you would be like, wow, I can't believe how much work you did to look like Kovic. And you'd be like, I bought these glasses and the suit. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the rest of it's uh, just me. The rest of it is just my normal vibe. What can mm-hmm. I say? Uh, I love that. Um, I have I have many thoughts spiraling in many different directions. But uh, I guess we better get into quotable moments. Well, let's do quotable moments. What did you have? I had two. Uh, I have a couple of them. This was like a very quotey episode, but a lot of the quotes were big block quotes, which mm, feels yeah. unnecessary to repeat. I, I did them in the rundown. I don't want to be like, oh, uh, duh, don't wait to act until the people you love, blah, 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 blah. You know, long speeches. I liked it. It was mm-hmm. very um, Aaron Sorkin-y kind of episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there were some smaller things. I really loved, obviously, the cat quote from Michael. Yes. Uh, trying to focus on what I can control, the cat toy and not the cat, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that wasn't was the one I picked up. I picked oh, up, what did you um, pick up when they were talking about, oh, you, you know, she likes you and... and Oh, are you making progress? And, yeah. you know, he said, well, at least she stopped hissing. And, and Burnham says, by progress, you mean I've earned her utter indifference. Yes. Yes. I, I Two, quite liked. They were, it was a great microcosm for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love that. Yeah. Utter indifference. And, yeah, Book does say after that, just think, aloof disdain is next. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. Uh, yeah. I just love, uh, obviously, I love grudge. Uh uh, and I also, uh, Tarka's quote, even though I detest him as a character, I liked his quote, one should never confuse friendly with friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which is probably a, a hint about his, how his, he, he and Book's little uh, frickin' frack adventure is going to go. Bromance, whatever, mm-hmm. it, whatever it is. It's sort of, a, yeah. they're using each other to get what they both want. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, I had... Saru and Kovic, and Saru says, Zora is undergoing changes, Doctor, but I believe she means well. And Kovic mm. says, we always mean well to ourselves, Captain. Problem is what that means for others. Ah ha ha! Intention versus action indeed, once again. Indeed. indeed. <laughs> but, 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 but to connect. Um, but to connect. But to connect. Uh, and then I will add, finally, I liked when Zora says, perhaps artificial intelligence fails to define me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, when uh, we start to realize that perhaps she is alive. And that's that's my last quote. All right. Shall we move on to next time? Next time! Next time on Set Phasers. Well, 
we'll be taking a bit of a break from Discovery as Discovery takes a bit of a break from itself uh, because uh, they're taking a mid-season break until February 10th. If you have seen this episode, you must watch the trailer that comes at the very end. It is bonkers for the rest of the season. Uh, we'll be doing uh, uh, we'll be doing something. Maybe we'll be doing some watch-alongs or watching some movies, but we'll be putting out some sort of content in this month-long break between episodes of Discovery. Uh, we'll figure out what that means but you will not be short of set phasers episodes, dear there, listener. There will hashtag there will be content. There will uh, be content. Yes. Uh and um so our our next episode hopefully uh, will be in the new year. Oh well this will be in the new year for those so it who will. listen. But uh, we'll be recording at last in the new year and we'll be doing something and it will be cool and you will love it, I hope. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, this is the end of our program. Uh, we've been so delighted to have you with us. Yeah, I don't know. It's coming from somewhere. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, yes, if you like what you hear, uh, we put out new episodes every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, and we would very much appreciate it if you did get the podcast and leave a, a, a review or, or, or rating, wherever it is that uh, you do such things. Yes, please do. Please do. It does please help do. us to reach more people with our wonderful Star Trek content. Yeah. Um, we do appreciate it. And we, we appreciate you, dear listener, as we have done for the last year and a half. Can you huh? believe? What? Us? Can you believe? A year and a half, year yeah, and a half old. I know. Forget how many episodes. We're at least up to like 80 or 70, 70 odd. I Are think. you kidding me? No. True story. That's crazy. That's mm-hmm. alarming, honestly, but I feel good about it. Yep, eight thousand plus downloads so far. Eight thousand. Who are crazy. you? Who this are is you essentially this is essentially our Spotify Wrapped. I don't know. Oh, you should check out our Spotify <laughs> Wrapped. Oh, oh yeah. No, we, I, no. Well, we don't. We're not doing you that. You mentioned um, Discovery a billion times. Okay. Yeah. We do. Yeah. Uh, but no, please do join our our Patreon, and we would love to see you and have more of a, a Star Trek family or a Set Phasers family. Yeah. Where we can do more Star Trekky things with you personally. Mm-hmm. Including so our, our, our watch party coming up mm-hmm. on the 9th of yep. January in the year yes. of 2022. Uh, we would delight, be delighted to see you there. Yes. Uh, Do we um, have anything else? We, oh, and follow us on Instagram at Set Phases Podcast. I am going, I've just bought a Star Trek cocktails book. So this could be quite mm. fun. Where mm-hmm. I will make uh, some Star Trek slash spacey themed cocktails for you to make at home and, and get in the in the Star Trekky mood, and of course, I will probably dress up. And of course, Stevie will probably dress up. I, I have ears. mean, you got ears. ears. Yeah, yeah. Spunky ears. I, I, I got uniforms. I might of... honestly get a uniform as well. Who knows? I'm, yeah. I'm feeling crazy. It is. You know what? It's the dawning of the age of set phasers. Mm. Uh, so thank you very much for listening, dear listeners. Have a happy new year. Uh, and uh, I've forgotten how we sign off. I think you say a thing, then I say a thing, then you say a thing. I say thank you very much for listening. Follow us on uh, all of the things. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash set phasers. Thank you very much. Until next time, I am Stevie Manz. And I am... Uh, not defined uh, by artificial intelligence. <laughs> and this has been Set Phaser's highly illogical Star Trek podcast. Computer. End program. Mm-hmm.